We continue our series, Following Jesus in the Gospel of Mark, and this morning we're in Mark chapter 5, verses 24 and following, and we're looking at seeing like Jesus sees. A large crowd followed and pressed around Jesus. A woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She'd suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you asked, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts and minds this morning. Well, we're looking at seeing like Jesus sees. I don't know if you're a fashion person, any fashion people out there, or, you know, sort of pop culture People, I'm not, I must confess. <laughs> oh, man. But my daughter, Savannah, is a fashion person. She loves fashion. Uh, she keeps up with fashion. She keeps up with all the people in fashion. She loves looking at, uh, you know, all the Hollywood awards, all about fashion, uh, the Met Gala, all that stuff. And uh, one of the places she always likes is the music festival Coachella. So, I don't know if you know what Coachella is. I'm guessing a lot of you don't. But back in the day, it was Woodstock. Maybe that rings a bell. And uh, the music, music festival, a lot of young people. The fashion they didn't know at the time would be the fashion for, you know, at least half a decade. And, uh, and that was Woodstock. But now it's Coachella. You can look it up. And it's where all the young people gather and uh, all, the, all the stars the YouTubers, the influencers, and all the fashion paparazzi. And so the beginning of the year, we always set out our goals. And Savannah said to me, Dad, I think I want to do an internship. And I said, that's great because, you know, I want you to do something that's going to further your career, not worry so much about money. And she said, Dad, I think I'd like to do an internship at Coachella. I said, wow, okay, go check on that. And uh, so she went to Purdue. They said, no, we never had anybody at Coachella. So I said, so what? Just you know, reach out. So she had some connection, reached out, and she just found out the other week that she does have next month an internship at Coachella. And she is so thrilled about that, had to go to the mall the other day to get some fashion shorts to fit in with all that. But uh, she's so excited about me. And I got to tell you, the thing about it, when you look at fashion, you go like, you know, for some of us, like, we got it. Some of us don't get it. You might get some of it. Uh, or back fashion that was in the past, you get it, but you don't get the present fashion. But here's the thing. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, just like fashion is in the eye of the beholder, right? And so it's important to understand, and I think it's important to understand maybe as a backdrop as I invite you back into this story to see like Jesus sees. And the situation is this, the setting is that Jesus has just journeyed from one side of the Sea of Galilee to the other, magnificent sea. And the people can see a long ways off, because if it's a clear day, you can see all the way across the Sea of Galilee. I mean, it's privileged to be there. There's somebody on a trip to the Holy Land. But they see that Jesus is coming in the sailboat. And when he arrives, there's a large crowd to greet him. And not only is there a large crowd to greet him, but there's a religious leader by the name of Jairus. 
who is there, who tells Jesus that his daughter is deathly ill. Not just ill, but deathly ill, and she's at death's doorstep. And Jairus is a leader in the synagogue, a prominent uh, religious leader, probably wealthy and affluent. There's a lot of a crowd of people around Jesus, and Jesus starts towards Jairus' house, not only with Jairus and Jesus, but a large crowd of people. In the midst of all that, there's a woman that we told that has been suffering from some kind of blood-related illness for 12 years, and she's given up all of her resources, seeing all the specialists. None of them have made her better, and still she's gotten worse, so she's given up all of her money, and there she is, and she presses into the crowd because she believes in her heart that if she just touches, I love the translation that says, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I believe I'll be healed. She had that kind of faith. And so this woman, who is in a weakened condition because she's as weak as possible, she's been suffering for 12 years and is weaker than when it started, she presses through the crowd, and with her faith, she touches the hem of Jesus' garment, and she's healed just like that. And Jesus stops everything and says, who touched me? And the disciples look at him incredulously and say, what do you mean? Who touched you? There's a crowd here. Of course, you're getting bumped and tossed. It's like getting on the New York subway, right? And so Jesus said, no, someone touched me. And with that, the woman who realized that she was healed in that instant and made whole said, it was me. And we're told she shared with Jesus the whole truth. So the first thing I'd like you to think about as we're looking at seeing like Jesus sees is that Jesus sees the invisible. Jesus sees the invisible because everybody else saw the crowd. They saw the wealthy, powerful, religious leader who had a need, and Jesus was going to go meet that need. But this woman was invisible. She was on the outskirts of society. She was sick, for one thing, suffering. For 12 years, she was poor because she'd given up all of her resources to medical folks before there was any kind of insurance, Medicare, Medicaid, anything like that, given up all of her resources, suffering. And then in that day, if you had any kind of a blood issue, you were regarded as unclean. So you were pushed out of the religious community. She couldn't even go to the temple. She can go to the community, the house of faith, to pray or anything. So she was pushed out. She was invisible. But Jesus saw the invisible. Jesus saw the, the least, the suffering, the lonely, the last, the marginalized, the outcast. Jesus saw the invisible. And this morning, if you sometimes feel invisible, like no one cares, you're hurting, Maybe your heart has been broken by loss of a loved one. You're wrestling with an illness. You're facing challenges in life. Whatever those challenges are, Jesus can see you, even though you might not think anybody else is paying attention to you. They're focused on all the crowd and the paparazzi and all the stores and all the power players in the world. Jesus sees you. Jesus sees the invisible. And I think Jesus would whisper to us this morning that we also, as the Church of Jesus Christ, should see the invisible. Not just the main people, not just the stars, the people that set the fashion industries, the influencers, but Jesus would say, see the invisible, the last, the lonely, the least, the marginalized, the outcast of our society and our world and the spheres of influence that we're in. So see the invisible, even as Jesus sees the invisible. And then notice that Jesus sees the hurt. 
Jesus sees her hurt. Even though she's been healed, Jesus understands that the hurt is deeper than that, right? She's been hurt because she's lost all of her resources. She's been suffering for 12 years. Uh, anyone who has any kind of condition with blood, it weakens you, right? Uh, blood is what gives you your life energy. Blood is what gives you the ability to fight off other illnesses. And she's been marginalized, and so she hurts socially, relationally, in so many different ways. She feels broken in that moment. And Jesus sees the hurt. And I like it, the translation that says she had an issue with blood. Because <laughs> I think that kind of universalizes it, doesn't it? Anyone out there have any issues that you're wrestling with besides me? Any issues? Yeah. You don't have to even raise your hand because we know you do, okay? We know you enough. <laughs> we all have issues. And blood is a symbol of life, which is issues in life. Do you have any life issues that you're hurting with this morning? Most of us do. I don't care whether it's the loss of a loved one or something from the past. I mean, sometimes things from the past hurt, but a wound from even a parent or someone who loves you, you know, even a, a teacher. Or maybe it's just some heartache, some heartbreak that you face that still is an open wound today. Or maybe you're just facing illness now or financial difficulties, relation difficulties. I don't care what it is. We all have some life issues that we're wrestling with. And so I think we can put ourselves in the place of this woman. And Jesus would say to us that he sees the hurt. He sees our hurt, the sins, the shortcomings, the shame, the guilt, whatever it is. Jesus sees that deep wound in our heart that is there. He looks at us and, and sees that in a powerful way. And I think it's important to know that Jesus sees us when we feel like we're invisible, whispers to us to see others who are pushed to the side. And Jesus sees the hurt that is deep in our, in our heart and in our and in our life, and it is so important to know that. And it's also important for us to do that. You've heard me say before that, I love Halloween and our trunk or treat out here for the church, and it's so great because Halloween, of course, people sometimes dress up as their alter ego or their greatest fear or whatever, their superhero, whatever it is. Some people are scary and ghoulish and all that stuff, and it's interesting. People remarked before, they said, you know, it's kind of a sacred hospitality in a sense, right? Because on only that day of the year, on no other day, would you open your home, your door, to someone with some kind of scary mask and give them a treat, right? <laughs> but I, I think there's something about that when we see the trunk or treat out here and the trail filled with people from the community here and they've got their, all their scary faces and ghoulishness and we welcome them with open arms. I mean, isn't that what the church should be doing every single day of the year? Welcoming people with hurts and heartbreaks, no matter how scary you look, no matter you know, what your alter ego is and all the things in life, that you're welcome here with a kind of sacred hospitality and we offer you something. We embrace you with hospitality. And I think that Jesus would whisper to see the hurt and to welcome people from wherever they are in life. So if you're hurting, Jesus, Jesus knows that and cares about that more importantly. And Jesus invites us to see the invisible and to see the hurt in other people's lives and to bring them to him. So see the invisible and to see the hurt and then finally to see the healing. To see the healing. Now this woman 
was healed from what she wrestled with in that moment, her life issue, her suffering with some kind of bleeding condition. But Jesus stopped everything to ask her, and what did she do? She told Jesus the whole story, and so can you, okay? You might not want to tell anybody else your whole story, but Jesus is willing to hear your whole story. All the hurt, all the heartbreak, everything going on, even though he's on the way to Jairus' house. And then Jesus says three things to her that I think are so important. The first thing Jesus said was, daughter, daughter, to a woman who is not only hurting and sick, but in pushed to the side and wounded socially, Jesus calls her daughter, daughter. What a beautiful thing that the Lord of all creation would look at her in front of everyone and call her daughter. And today, if you're hurting and wounded and you need to hear Jesus whisper after you've shared your whole story, son or daughter, know that God loves you as a son or daughter of God. And then Jesus commends her faith. And her faith didn't be commended, didn't it? I mean, this woman, despite the fact that she was sick and ailing and suffering, had enough faith to press through a crowd like a New York subway, you can only imagine what it was, and to reach Jesus' hem of his garment and to touch it with faith, believing that she would be healed. But Jesus, in front of everybody, all the religious people, all the other people, all the people that had pushed her aside, says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you whole from Jesus himself. Jesus commends her. Jesus lifts her up in front of everyone else. And then Jesus says, go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Go in peace. Peace, shalom, the Hebrew term that is bigger than just peace from healing, but peace from suffering, peace in your heart, peace with God, peace with others, a very holistic peace in all of our, our lives. Be freed from your suffering, from the past, from all the things in the present that are hurting you and wounding you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. And I think those are words that all of us need to hear today. Because we all have life issues, okay? I don't care who you are. Be honest with yourself. Jesus would whisper to you that you can, first of all, share your whole story, all of it, all the hurt, all the pain. And Jesus would look at you and say, son or daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Because Jesus is on his way to the cross everywhere in the Gospel of Mark where he will make all things right, where he will pay the price, where he will reconcile justice and love and grace and make all things whole if we only open our hearts and lives and touch the hem of his garment with faith, believing that he is the Lord. He is the healer. He is the one who sees the invisible. He is the one who sees the hurt. And he is the one who has the power to heal our physical bodies, but also our spiritual and mental and relational issues as well. So where are you today? Do you feel like this woman, that you're invisible, no one sees you, no one cares? Know that Jesus sees you and cares, and Jesus would whisper for us to turn around and to care. And Jesus sees that 
hurt that's there, Jesus offers us healing. I'll close with a story that happened to me. I was privileged that it happened to me. It just happenstance. Sometimes that's the way life is. But I went to Florida to visit my mom a long time ago, and I got back on the flight to return home, and the flight attendant comes to me and says, sir, do you mind if you switch seats in order for a mother and her son to be able to sit together? I said, sure, no problem. That's what flight attendants do. I'm happy to do that. She moved me, and then I guess she moved some other people around, and then she brought the mother and son over to me, and I introduced myself, and they introduced themselves, and uh, the mother's name was Renee, and her seven-year-old son's name was Diamond, which I thought, well, that's unusual. And so I sat down, the plane took off, <clears throat> we began to talk, and so we talked. Uh, she shared that they were just coming from Give Kids the World. But I knew Give Kids the World because I've taken students, Purdue students there on mission trips before. <clears throat> we would uh, work for Habitat, volunteer for Habitat for Humanity, and then we spent a night as big brothers and big sisters at Give Kids the World. And so if you don't know, Give Kids the World is a place where um, children and families stay when they go on the Wish Foundation trip to Disney World, or they go to Universal Studios, or they go to SeaWorld, or all of those. They stay at a special place <clears throat> developed by Henry Landworth and lots of donors that is designed by Disney architects. Look, he's part of Disney. It's a little ways from Disney, but it has all the accommodations for special needs. And many times, uh, they have, families have to be accommodated at a moment's notice because uh, a son or daughter is uh, in a life-threatening condition. Sometimes they only have uh, days to, to live or weeks to live. And so Give Kids the World is the place where they, they go to stay. And I knew that. And I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, well, she shared that she had two other sons in another part of the plane, and so I thought to myself, well, you know, who's hurting? Who's wounded here? Um, I didn't say it quite that way, but she began to share, and she was an African-American woman from Detroit. She worked in a factory there, and marvelous woman. And, um, and her son, I began to hear his story, and he was wonderful. He was just so full of energy, and he was looking at magazines, asking me questions, just very engaging young man, very bright and uh, seven years old, just, just outstanding. And so she began to share the story of her family, and she said that she was a factory worker in Detroit, and she had a couple friends that were nurses. And the nurses came to her and said, there's this baby at the hospital that no one wants. And it's got cerebral palsy, parents won't take it home, not expected to live, and uh, she said, I wanna go see the baby. And I said, Are you sure? She, yep, okay. So they took her to the hospital, and she saw this baby, and she said that her heart just swelled a lot. And she said, I want to I wanna take the baby home. I want to adopt the baby. And the doctor said, well, wait a second. You need to know the whole story about this baby if you're going to adopt them before you make any decisions like that. So they sat her down, and they said, listen, this baby has very, very severe cerebral palsy. And the, his back is, has this extreme curvature. Uh, he'll never walk. And she also has some, you know, mental capacity issues. He's not going to be his uh, normal intelligence. And moreover, he probably is not going to live to be a year old. And the oldest he could ever live is to be four or five. And he, and he won't walk. And it's all kinds of physical, mental, emotional challenges. And she said, I don't care. I want him. I'm going to take him home and adopt him. And so she did. She did, and, and she shared, I was incredulous, she shared that 
this young man, Diamond, had just come from a surgeon a few weeks earlier where he had several inches of his back spine removed so it would remove some of the curvature. That he was in school, was doing great, was above average intelligence, had lived well along the expectations of the doctors who could not believe it, and uh, was, was, was doing great. Uh, they didn't know all the future held for them because there were still some issues that were there. And I just marveled at that. And I said, well, I have to ask about his name, Diamond. Did you name him or did the nurses name him? What is the story? Oh, she said, I went to the hospital. I held him in my arms and I said, he is a beautiful jewel of God. He's a diamond. And that's his name. And I thought, wow, what a gift of love. This woman who's got her hands full, factory worker in Detroit, that she has the kind of vision, the kind of eyes of God to see in this baby, hurting and wounded, pushed to the outside of society, that he's a jewel of God. He said, he's a diamond. And she believed in him. She fought for him. She made sure that he had all the medical accommodations. And here he was, this bright young boy, seven years old, who had well exceeded all medical expectations up to that point. And she didn't know what the future was, but he was still a diamond because of her gift of love and her gift of faith in Almighty God. And I thought, what a picture of God's vision for each and every one of us. But I thought of Hosea in the Old Testament, who had a great gift of, for his wife, Gomer, and that his gift of love changed her name, and, and uh, thought of all the picture of love in the Old Testament, Hosea's is the greatest, because you see God's image of love and how that God looks at us in love. And I couldn't help but think of this story here so today, if you feel like nobody cares, you're invisible, you're lost, you're lonely, you're hurting, you're wounded from whatever, know that you're not invisible to God, that God cares just like that mother. God sees you as a jewel of God, no matter how anybody else in the world sees you. And God sees the hurt that is deep within all of us. Sees the hurt so much that God was willing to go to the cross in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and lay down his own life on the cross to heal not just our physical hurts, but our spiritual hurts and the hurts of all those around us. And God would encourage us to see the invisible and see the hurt in others. And God sees the healing. Whatever the hurt is, whatever the wound, whatever the challenge, whatever the adversity, that the peace that only Jesus could bring on the cross is a peace that he whispers to each and every one of us as he looks at us and says, son or daughter, your faith has made you whole. Just touch the hem of the garment of the one who went to Calvary and go in peace, the peace that only God can give, the peace of body and mind and spirit, relationships, go in peace and suffer no more. So today, wherever you are in the journey of life, as we sometimes whisper here, no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you're welcome here because you're welcome at the cross. 
You're welcome in the arms of love of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And I challenge all of us to see like Jesus sees. Will you join me in prayer? Lord, we thank you for this story that reminds us that you see all of us and challenges us to see like you see. So thank you that you are the one, as we gather around your table this morning, that offers us healing that only you can, that only you can heal. That you see the hurt in our lives, you see us when we think no one else sees us or no one else cares, that you're there, that you see us. You see us as jewels, as sons or daughters, in your family of faith, and you whisper to us to see others the same. So help us to do so in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and all God's people said, Amen.